in health and in sickness, for rich and for poor, for nat twenties and nat ones, till death do us apart. The four heroes ran. Well, adventurers, they weren't heroes yet. They did to save someone. In any case, they ran. Faster than ever had before. Why, we don't know. In this case, it doesn't matter. Goblins are going to ambush them. How do we know this? Because we're the dungeon master. The goblins came from the side, and none of the players rolled high enough perception to see them. The fight began. It is up to you to make this interesting, and I am here to make sure you're ready. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Dungeons and Dragons TPK podcast, a new podcast aimed at helping dungeon masters design their game. I am William Warbrandt, and I will be the host of this. I'm a student and a dungeon master of almost four years. I haven't dungeon mastered for as long as some of the veterans out there, but at least four years. I'm a huge fan of design, all of it. The design of engineering, computers, tech, fantasy, role-playing games, digital and tabletop. And I'm here to share my thoughts on the design that a dungeon master must conduct to create the world and the game that their players will experience. I'd like to start off this episode by discussing how this podcast will work, what I aim to do, and what I will discuss in most of the episode. In the latter half of the episode, though, I will do this. I will take up a topic, which I will present by the when we get there, and I'll go over it and get my thoughts on it. I want to start off by saying that everything I see on this podcast is all my thoughts. I'm not a master of Dungeons & Dragons, I will never claim to be, but I do have some insights and I'd like to share them with the world, and if you're interested, welcome to listen. So some of the things I will pick up on this is encounters, and encounters are really the cornerstone of Dungeons & Dragons. It's when the players get to use everything that the books talk about. They talk about, you know, roles, magic, stats, classes, familiars, and anything and the players really get to use all this all what their their characters all about on the character sheet in the encounters so Dungeons and Dragons is really structured about role playing and encounters interchanging with role play portions and encounter portions but in the end they might respond to things in the role playing and they may have to experience the personality of the character but they can only truly experience their character when it comes down to the encounters. And to me, the encounters are really important. And my view of Dungeons & Dragons is that there's a lot of encounters that aren't great. Encounters slow down, and you will, you will have those. But in this podcast, I will always aim for you to get really good at those times. I am not a role-playing master. I do role-play at my table. I do voice acting. But I am not great at it. And there are a lot of different places you could go if that is what you want at your table. But at my table... I want great design in encounters. I want every encounter to be perfect for the party. I want it to be tailored for their abilities. I want it to be tailored to their difficulty levels. And I want you to be able to balance things. I want you to be able to be ready for what happens and how to handle difficult situations. And that is what I aim to cover in this. And not only encounters, I will also talk about different things. NPCs, I will talk about enemies, I will talk about villains, I will talk about the overarching campaign, what is fun and what is not. That is really the, the, the thought of all this. How to make encounters fun. Because role-playing will always be fun, it will be awkward and cringy, but role-playing will always be fun. Encounters, however, might not be. You can have slow fights. You know, in my introduction I talk about goblins. Goblins are not fun if all they do is roll dice and then hope that you will hit there's a lot of things that can be added to a goblin encounter to make it interesting, but 
adding four goblins versus four players and they hit with their swords and they take turns and they hope their health do not run out before the goblins do, that is not interesting. It will never be exciting. Either they will win or they will not. Um, but in the end, it will all be rolling. You might as well flip a coin. This is not something that I want on my table. And this is not something that you should want either. So if anything about all this interests you, then this is the podcast for you. The TPK Podcast. Total Party Kill. In this podcast, we will cover all about everything in Dungeons & Dragons that is not role-playing. We'll cover campaign building, we'll cover how to make a great villain and how to introduce them, which is stuff that other people talk about too. However, I will aim more and more concrete things. I will aim on how to do it properly with examples. Examples is really what will drive all this. But the main thing is how to design encounters. And encounters are in the form of skill challenges, combats, traps, simply any situation where the skills and rules of the game determine the outcome, along with the player creativity, of course. So, with no further ado, I'm going to jump into today's episode, which is the Goblin Encounter. This is aimed at newer Dungeon Masters, like all this, but hopefully if you are a more experienced Dungeon Master, then you still have some interest in this too. One disclaimer before we start. Dungeons and Dragons is an incredibly complex game with a lot of lingo and a lot of culture to it. To help this aim towards more new players to the game, I will avoid using this lingo. If I use any, then so be it. But to me, it is really important that anyone can understand this. So I will aim with my, everything I have to make it so easy as possible for newer players and older alike. Today we're talking about the most simple and classic encounter there is, the level 1 goblin encounter. Let's set the scene, it's an ambush. There are 4 level 1 players, 1 lower bard for healing and support, 1 wizard for arcane utilities, 1 fighter to protect his party, and 1 ranger to rain death from afar. These all sound amazing, however, while they might have amazing personalities, they are level 1 adventurers. They are weak. Goblins in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition deal an average of 5 damage in close combat and in rage combat on hit. They do all carry short bows. So, the base encounter, according to the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide, for 4 level 1 PCs. The fight is 10 to 11 goblins for a medium encounter, all the way down to 8, and 12 to 14 being a hard encounter. Let me state this as a fact. Four players fighting ten goblins carrying simoners is not an interesting combat. In my second episode, I will speak of the general encounter philosophy. This episode, however, I will simply explain what you should and should not do in a low-level combat encounter. I will go deeper on these points in the future, but as of now, I will simply state it. In design, you can always go incredibly deep, and in the future, I will. Here's some do's and don'ts for low-level encounter, and all encounters for that matter. The first point we're discussing is encounter difficulty, specifically uh, challenge rating and encounters per day. So, in the Dungeon Master Guide, they recommend 6 to 8 encounters per long rest per adventuring day, with 1 to 2 short rests. I found this to be fine, however, in a more realistic world, the Players will plow through these encounters if you put them on the recommended levels, which is easy, medium, and maybe a few hard. I have found that, among with a lot of people, 
that easy and medium encounters are incredibly easy. They, they will be plowing through and the PCs will not find that challenging. So, well, what you should do is up the ante, you should up the difficulty of these levels. I would aim to running maybe six encounters flat per adventuring day, but keep them hard. Have hard counters as your basis, with maybe if you like a deadly encounter now and then. This will bring up the lethality of your campaign, and if this is not something you're comfortable with, just try it easy at first. We're going to discuss in the future how to handle a too hard encounter, but to start off, let's just keep it simple. Have make the encounters harder. An encounter with a bunch of goblins attacking the players is probably the easiest way to run this encounter. Not in the easy for the dungeon master, but easy for the players. The difficult level will be low. It will be at the lowest possible with that amount of goblins. So, the best thing to use some of these tricks that we will go over right now and maybe keep the, the basis of experience and challenge rating at maybe medium to hard, maybe lower hard. The second point we're going to talk about is terrain. When designing an encounter, then terrain is of utmost importance. If you've ever seen a Jackie Chan movie, you will know that terrain is very, very interesting. Not only for how combat will be changed, just because also for usage. So the first thing I'll bring up is that we want interesting terrain. Interesting terrain is basically terrain at all. You want terrain that has varying heights. You want terrain that is difficult to travel through. Examples of this type of terrain would be maybe a bridge. In the example of above there with the goblins, then the players were traveling on a road. This wasn't said, but this is now the case. On the road, there are forests on each side. How to make this interesting is to lower the area. You put this in a mountain pass where the goblins can come in from above. This gives the goblins a ranged advantage where the players must find a way to scale the cliffs while being shot at. This makes it a lot more challenging and will make it more interactive and the players will have to be creative to solve this. It will not be straightforward roll dicing, but it will be thinking, how will we get up there? How will we make them stop shooting at us? There are tons of solutions to this and the players will find it. Another way of adding more interesting terrain to this goblin encounter is to add a river to the side of the road. Now the goblin archers can be on the other side while the players have to find a way. The close combat combatants of the party will have to either find a way to their side or rely on their friends with ranged abilities and weapons to reach the ranged goblins on the other side of the river. This is very interesting and it really makes you think, especially if these people on the other side of the road or goblins will focus on the players of the most importance or even the players who cannot reach them. This will be incredibly frustrating for your party and it will force them to make creative solutions. This leads me this leads me to the second part of the terrain, interactive environment. This is actually something that's really interesting and I try to include it into every single encounter. It really rewards creativity. With every encounter, you think of one to three ways that the environment can be used by either the party or its opposing combatants, in this case, a group of goblins. And in this encounter, you could add something like a tree that looks kind of rotten next to the river. So it's very obvious that you could fell it and get to the other side. In the chasm or the mountain pass encounter, you could add something like stones that could be hit by a force like magic. Or even you'd pick up a rock and toss it to make an avalanche of rocks fall down on the goblins or the players, depending on your situation. 
maybe that's a risk you'll have to take. In any case, this can really swing the encounters. It forces the players to think. If you make the encounter harder, but you also add something in the environment, I mean one to three things usually, that can give the players a huge advantage that will make the players look around, ask about their environment. What's also interesting, there's a point of balance here. If you would make an encounter that is way too easy and the players feel very confident and you're sitting there and shooting arrows at the goblins up in the past, then you can let the goblins use it. Since you designed it, you don't have to be creative. You already did the creativity. The goblins can just see that there are some loose rocks and these can be loosened and dropped on top of the players. It will deal massive damage and instantly change the outcome of the encounter. It will make a very easy encounter that normally would be incredibly easy into a very hard and deadly encounter. Especially if you have a rock or something that will cause a save check to have to occur. Maybe they perform a dexterity saving throw to avoid these rocks. If it would happen again, then maybe that would be devastating. Maybe it will deal so much damage that two players go down. This will make an, an emergency. And especially if there are more rocks that could fall. This gives an urgency, that which we will discuss in a later point. What it does, all in all though, is make the players look in their environment. They will look everything around them, looking for creativity or even fears. Trust me when I say that a group of party members that had a few goblins drop a avalanche of tons and tons of rocks on them, maybe killing a party member, they will always fear the chasm and they will always respect the ingenuity of the dungeon master and your goblins. The third thing I'd like to discuss is the variance of enemies and their strategies. So a flaw of the first encounter that we had is that all, you know, 10 goblins maybe, that's a lot by the way for level 1 NPCs, but they are all the same, they're boring. Every turn it will be 10 goblins that swing with their scimitars and maybe they hit, maybe they don't, but they will deal on average 25 damage to the party. This is not a fun encounter. What you should do is you should vary all the enemies and the strategy. If all the enemies are the same, then there's a lot less planning that goes into it for the players. What you should do is have a group of varied goblins with all different weapons and abilities. I would personally aim towards having at least three different kinds of enemies at every single encounter. This creates interesting combat scenarios. Maybe three of the goblins use their short bows and three of the goblins use their scimitars, but maybe the last four don't even use the basic weapons, maybe they use spears that give them reach, or maybe they give they throw javelins, and maybe even one of them has a potion of strength. Anything of this just makes it more interesting. Maybe they tamed a beast, maybe you cut four of the goblins and you add in the wolf. Anything to make them different, because when they're different, they will act differently, they will have different abilities. And we'll also get to the objective parts, and but this will also create a target objective which we will get to. The most important part about varying enemies in their strategy is to vary their strength and their range. Uh, melee versus range is a very good mix because some of them will stay out of the way and some of them will fight. It will give a great advantage where it's harder for the players to attack the high value targets. Sometimes the great thing to do is add in a leader or maybe a healer or support. A person of great importance that helps the entire team. This will also create a target objective, which we will discuss more in the later part of this episode. 
What I really want to get into here is that you can modify some of the enemies. Maybe it's the healer, the leader, or maybe it's the champion of the goblins. However, there are three variables you could change in an encounter to turn up the pressure on the players. The first one is damage. The second one is disruption. And the third one is time pressure. I will discuss these and you could upgrade one of the goblins with the, one of these stats or these variables to make the encounter more interesting, to get more variety be be between the enemies. So, let's start with the first one, damage. When increasing the damage of an encounter, or specifically one enemy, or a few enemies, then you really need to up the damage. Don't add two damage and then say, okay, this is fine. First of all, you need a description. The players must be ready for it. You must describe how this goblin had a sword that has a completely black and sharp edge that or maybe their crossbow is enhanced with plates and it's like made to shoot really heavy bolts. Anything to tell the players, they advice. Maybe like advise them to be ready for a lot of damage coming from that person. They will say, I wish to shoot at a goblin. And you ask, which goblin? And they say, oh, the one with the great weapon. So this would be taking a goblin and doubling his damage. It is simple as that. Don't if you want to make a difference in an encounter, to make it varied, to make it interesting, then you really need to have some pow in your weapons. The second thing you can do to modify some enemies or up the difficulty of the encounter is disruptive elements. Disruption is the second variable you can change. We're talking about maybe giving some of the goblins, maybe the leader or maybe a shaman or a healer, some abilities to disrupt the enemy players or your players. The first easy element of this is giving the leader or some champion or a group of goblins or all of the goblins, depending on the difficulty you're looking for, more strength and then making them able to grapple. Grapple is an interesting mechanic in Dungeons and & Dragons and you could easily find the rules for grappling in one of the grappling enemies in the monster manual. In any case, grappling one player is very interesting. Having multiple grapplers are, is incredibly dangerous because the entire party can be grappled and then they can't do anything and then they will be shot down and killed. However, having like one or two goblins that could grapple could make it very interesting. It will make them a very high priority target as they could hold down the most valuable player and that player is unable to act, especially if that player is weak. This is a very interesting element. Another form of disruption you could add is maybe that the leader has a potion of paralyze on his blade. So the first time he hits, then he causes paralyzation. I'm really less fan of this because in this scenario, it is only a one-time use. It doesn't make the leader a predatory target. It will just make the encounter harder. It doesn't make the encounter harder. Uh, so this is a great element to use in the balancing act, which we will talk about in the future. However, to simply state this, adding disruption is very, very interesting. Disruption can include a potion of paralyze on their blade. Uh, it can include a grappler or multiple grapplers. It can include difficult terrain, maybe a shaman that summons vines that makes an area difficult to move through so that the players can't maybe get to the point where they want to go. All in all though, disruption is incredibly important for an encounter. With no disruption, the encounter is going to be number bashing, it's not going to be anything else. Three examples of this for this particular encounter would be maybe a goblin throw out caltrops over an area, making it dangerous to tread upon. A goblin throwing a net on a player is interesting because then that player has to get out. Maybe you can even add it so that one player have to assist them to get out. 
And the third one is a goblin shaman charming a player with a spell, making them unable to take actions that they would like to strategically. What is interesting with all these is that they will demand strategy, and they will also demand the usage of saving throws. All disruption use saving throws. It's the cornerstone of Dungeons and Dragons. For the net example, where the goblin throws a net over one of the players, you'd have that player make a dexterity saving throw, meet a difficulty class of maybe 12, 11, and see if they could get out. This gives an opportunity for dexterous players to get out of this situation very easily, but non-dexterous player, like maybe the fighter who has no dexterity at all, fail horribly. This makes weakness apparent. But not only this, it gives an interesting point. Not only does it require strategy, where one player might have to go to help the fighter who cannot get out, uh, it also gives an opportunity of creativity, where players could use items they have. Maybe they have a knife, maybe they have a scissor, maybe they have a herbal or a kit, and they can use the, the, the tools in there to get out. In any way, it enforces the idea that you need creativity to defeat the encounter, not just good rolls. And that is very important when designing a Dungeons & Dragons encounter. The third final way to modify enemies or the encounter to make it harder and interesting is time pressure. I love time pressure, it's my absolute favorite of all of these. Time pressure is the act of say, telling the players, okay, in this many turns, shit's about to hit the fan. I would do this by maybe one of the goblins will start ringing a bell or they're calling a horn, and it will be very obvious that they're calling for reinforcements. Maybe they can even yell in Goblin, and rah, 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 I need reinforcements. But what you will do in the actual game is that I would roll a d4. A d4 is an amazing die. For You use the d4 to count turns. The d4 is a great time pressure because one turn is emergency, and four turns is actually a lot of time. So what I would do is I would have one of the goblins, maybe a leader, to blow the horn. And then I would roll a d4. I would roll this openly. And I will tell the players, you can hear the sound of a horn. And you can, from the distance, you hear the shout of goblins. It sounds like they're about, and then you'd say how many turns in seconds they are away, depending on what you rolled in the d4. This gives a fair an interesting and exciting part of the encounter where you could roll a 1 and the emergence sets in. This is not your fault. It is nothing that can be blamed to you. The players will just see, oh shit, reinforcements is about to arrive. And what you'll do is that you have an encounter where these enemies will arrive in a few turns and after they arrive, he's going to blow the horn again. And then the players will realize, oh Geez, we're gonna have to deal with this guy, or he's gonna keep calling reinforcements until we're dead. This is not the most realistic encounter because some point, some point, the reinforcements would run out, and they can't have that many goblins. However, for Dungeons and Dragons, this works so incredibly well. I recommend this so much. However, then you get to the most interesting part of all this, which is objectives. And the flaw to avoid here is that the first encounter had no objective but to survive. This is the last point I'll bring up today, is the fact that the first encounter with the ten goblins and the four players, and you know, it's almost innocent ambush, nothing more, the goal of that encounter is to survive. The goblins had no goal, they just wanted to kill the players. And while that sounds like something goblins would do, 
This is not a great encounter for Dungeons and Dragons. In Dungeons and Dragons, in my view, you need an objective for the encounter, or the encounter will not be exciting. And there, I've written a list of some of the objectives you could have, and I'll go over them it's straight up here. The first objective, to survive, is the standard one that everyone has. However, I would use this one sparingly. Most people use this as the only objective in their encounters, and this is not great. What to make survive work is that you need to have the encounter to be incredibly hard. You must be ready to murder your entire party. You need to have a timer, and you need to say, okay, you have to survive for this long. Just fighting some people and killing them is not a great encounter. It will not great give satisfaction. You need something more. You need something more to add to the strategy and add to the event to make it more exciting. The second point I will bring up is the objective to protect. Maybe you have a other NPC that the party has to protect. Maybe it's a weakling, maybe it's a farmer, maybe it's a little girl. Anyone that the party would like to protect. The goblins would try to murder this person or hurt this person or damage something. Maybe something in either way that the players feel like they have to protect. The goblins will want to get to. And depending on the encounter, you can adjust how important it is to the players that this thing or this person do not get damaged or hurt. Oh, and how much important it is to the goblins. Maybe the goblins are just attacking the girl because she's valuable in some way. Maybe they are angry at her for some reason. In any way, a girl would be very important for the players to save. However, maybe a, you know, a barrel of meat is not as important, <laughs> perhaps. But in any case, depending on the situation, you can adjust how much the goblins will focus on getting to the objective that the players are protecting and how much they'll focus on killing the players. Maybe they'll just incidentally hurt someone and the players just have to think about it. They don't have to focus on protecting it. Or maybe the goblins are all out rushing it and the players actually have to spend all their time protecting and standing around it to prevent the goblins from getting there. It's a great way to create the player's responsibility over something. Especially when it's a little girl and she gets hurt, then the players will feel responsible and that gives a great effect to the table. The third thing that I will bring up is the target. This I've gone over before with the leaders and the healers and the shamans, but in this case it's exactly what it sounds like. The players have a target. They have someone they have to murder. Maybe it's a guy with a horn who keeps calling reinforcements. This person will cause them to lose the encounter if they don't deal with them. So, a very interesting point is to make someone so strong. You don't have to like tell them that you have to kill this person. Just show them. Make one person so strong that if this, this goblin doesn't die in the first four turns, they're going to die, all of them. And that will create an incredible excitement for the game. And this is something I truly recommend. One of the other things you could do is have an objective. Something you have to do, maybe ring a bell or light a fire. This is similar to the other ones, but it's still at its own point. Maybe the players have to ring a bell to call on reinforcements of their own. Maybe the city watches in the area and the players know this and they need to get to the mountain so they can scream. But the problem is, the goblins are in the mountain. So this is, becomes a very interesting scenario as well. I will bring up the last point, which I call do and escape. This is one of the hardest to run because it will very often result in a total party kill, which is on theme for the episode or the series. The do and escape is what you should, the players will have to do something and then they have to escape. But this is very lethal. The, if you make this encounter work, the goblins have to be so incredibly strong that there's no way for the players to win. 
To make this work then, and to be, make sure the player's on the same floor as you, you have to explicitly tell them that this is what you're doing. Do something and then escape. Maybe, you know, ring a bell or fetch something. You run in, get some book, and then run out. But you almost have to have a, an NPC tell the players this, because the players will try to fight. Normally, they will try to fight, and they will always fight. They will never run away. It feels horrible for the players. They will turn. So if you want this kind of encounter, which is very interesting, by the way, you'll have to have a maybe an NPC or someone to tell them, or specifically tell them at least, that they will die if they fight, but they have to do this one thing. And it's a very interesting point, and it will make a very interesting encounter if run correctly. To recap this episode, when you're designing your game, don't go for 6 to 8 easy to medium encounters per day. Go for hard or even deadly encounters. If you're not comfortable with this, make them medium, but add in some of the difficult elements that I've been discussing in this episode. The second thing is that don't have no terrain encounters. They are not interesting. Have always interesting terrain, and even difficult terrain. And if you can, one to three interactive environmental pieces that either the players can figure out, or in case you need balance, the enemies can use to make the more pressure rise on the players. The third thing is to avoid having all of the same enemy, very enemies. Always have three different enemies in every single encounter, at least two. If you want a pack of wolves, make one of them alpha. If you have goblins, give one of them crazy equipment. Vary range in melee and vary maybe having one really, really strong alpha leader or maybe an important target. This creates a very interesting aspect. You should also modify some of these enemies. Add abilities that either up the damage and remember, have a description every time you up the damage. And don't add 2 damage, add a lot, add a d10 damage. Have disruption. If you have a disruption, it will be very much more interesting. And last, add time pressure. Add something that tells the players, okay, you have this amount of time. Personally, I like rolling a d4 and having a random element of pressure there. Where, whoa, there is a lot of pressure now. And you tell the players what's going to happen, they have an intuition. The last thing is objectives. Don't have no objective encounters. They will not be fun. Either, if you want to make no objective encounters, aka survive encounters, make them really ridiculously hard. Otherwise, they will not be exciting. They will really just not be. But these survive encounters will be so lethal, it is almost scary. But always have an objective for your encounter. Don't just run survive encounters. Maybe protect, where you have to have an object or a person the players have to protect. To make it interesting, you can vary the amount of pressure that the enemies will put on this object, or maybe they will fight the players and incidentally will hurt a little girl or, you know, a box of gold. The chariot. You have a leader or a healer or a someone that in the enemy team that will require the party to kill, or they will simply perish. You can have an objective where the players have to do something, maybe they ring a bell, maybe they have to get on top of something and shout, maybe they have to call in the bear who will kill the goblins for some reason. This objective has to be clear, and it has to be obvious, but it is a very interesting encounter when you do so. The last one is the hardest to run, is to do an escape. It must be very clear that you're supposed to escape, because player players will never escape unless told they're supposed to. And sometimes, they will not escape when they're told, and they will die. And that's okay. This is the TPK podcast, after all. The goblins came from the side, and none of the player rolled high enough perception to see them coming. The fight began. The strum of an arrow barrage was the first thing the adventurers heard, and a group of charging goblins was second. 
The goblet is charged from the forts on the east as archers emerge from the other side of the mighty river next to the road. The players heard a horn, reinforcements, however, they could not escape as the goblins had one side on them and a river protecting the archers on the other side. Time was short. Victor, the fighter, noticed a tree leaning over the river. He saw that it was rotten, caused by the proximity to the powerful river. Heria, the ranger, fired an arrow at the horn-colored goblin to break their communication. But before she could finish the job, one of the goblins threw a net on her, toppling her to the ground. The wizard, Bezahar, burned the net off, just as Victor ran and put his entire weight on the tree, causing it to fall over the river, creating a makeshift bridge. In the middle of this, the bard, Teston, strummed his lute, preparing the party for combat. This has been the first episode of the TPK Podcast, the Dungeon Master Design Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the first episode, and if you have any pointers, criticism, or questions on their advice, please contact me on tpkpodcast at gmail.com. This has been William Waterbrent, and I see you soon in the second episode, where I plan to discuss an encounter design philosophy. Thanks for listening.